Hello, hello. My name is April Malone with Yes, I Work From Home, and this is the podcast. Today, I have Christine McAllister from Louisville, Kentucky with us. Thank you for coming in, Christine. Thanks for having me, April. So my middle name is Christine, and some people <gasps> see me like on Facebook as April Christine, but it's with a K. So oh, that's my little secret, yeah. So I it's, love it. It's a good name, yeah. My, my grandma apparently liked to draw twos. And then like the little loop to make this special fancy calligraphy K. Um, And that's why a whole bunch of us got K names. So good to have you. Thank you for coming in. Thank you for thank you for having me. I'm excited to be here. Why don't you go ahead and just tell us a little bit about what you're doing. Um, Christina and I met because I think someone introduced us um, via the Internet. They found my podcast and thought you'd be a good fit. So thank you for reaching out to me. I appreciate that. Go ahead and tell us a little bit about your story. What are you doing? What is your role right now? And then we'll kind of go back and go through your past a bit. Yeah. So right now I run a business called Life with Passion that where I help people start and grow businesses online all over the world. Who is your target audience that you work with? Yeah, so I work with people who are sensitive and um, high achieving, like they've done a lot of things in their life, they've checked a lot, checked all the boxes you're supposed to check to mm-hmm. to be good, to be a good student, to be a good employee, to be a good citizen. And they find themselves like I did, knowing that they want freedom. They want freedom to uh, live the life of their dreams, live their own life with passion and to help other people all over the world and to like make an impact and also make an income doing that. And what I find is that when we're brought up from the time we go to school to be really good employees, right? We're trained to be really good Mm -hmm. students. Then we're trained to be really good, uh, you know, students at university if we go to university and then we get a job and we're trained to be a really good employee to where our boss tells us, whether we're okay, whether we're doing the right things. And then we have this desire for freedom and we have so much self-doubt because we have never looked inside of ourselves to figure out what we want on our own terms. And so we stop ourselves, not because we're not capable, but because we're completely overwhelmed. Mm -hmm. Um, So we procrastinate and we're perfectionists and we don't take the action that is that we're meant to take to build a business of our dreams like on our own terms and so that's where i come in that's my that's my life's work is to help people to get free and to do it in a way that's aligned with who they are mm-hmm. and their unique dna rather than just trying to shove them back into another box like like a job does would you say that you find that a lot of people push themselves so hard to the point of burnout because they feel like they have to meet these expectations? Or do you feel like you find a lot of people who are just struggling to get their wheels rolling because of that fear that turns into procrastination, perfectionism? Yeah, it's both. So I I think our brains like to do this like catch-22 thing to us. Like, mm-hmm. put us between a rock and a hard place to try yes. to keep us safe, right? Mm-hmm. So, like, a lot of times what I see are people, like, having this big fear of failure over here. Like, oh, no. What mm-hmm. if no one wants to work with me? Mm-hmm. And then a big fear of success over here that's like, oh, no. What if they do? Then I'll be too busy. 
right? Oh my and goodness, so yes. it stops us. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I I have experienced both of these actually. Absolutely. So do you have um you've been coaching clients in this field or in this area for how many years? Yeah, uh five and a half. So I started in twenty fifteen. And what were you doing before that? You've been working from home for eleven years. Yeah. So the 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 role that took me out of my job, I was a mm -hmm. professor, university professor and a career counselor before this. Mm -hmm. And I had always known I wanted to start my own thing. So like the minute I got my first job, I started a side business in online marketing and helping small businesses to with their websites, with their social media. And uh, I stayed in a toxic job for five years because I was so scared that I would fail in that okay. company uh, and with my company. And when I finally quit in 2010, I replaced my take-home income in the first month. And I was like, why didn't I do this sooner? Wow. Right? Your, your annual income in one month? My regular like paycheck income. Oh, okay. Yes. Yeah. Like it. I was able to start, I was able to keep paying myself. Right. Right. And so, so I did that for, for five, five years, a full time. Had you actually studied marketing in the past? Like, is that what you were teaching or is that just a side thing that you just kind of like a passion project? Yeah. Good question. So I had studied media communications. So I was originally like, I did a documentary for PBS when I was in grad school that won some awards and I was originally going to go into film um, or television, mm -hmm. uh, but I didn't want to live the life that was required, like move to LA, DC, work really long hours. I was kind of tired of being like a broke student, right? <laughs> And I knew that I would be, if I moved to a big city and entered from the ground up, like I knew I could do it, but I knew that that would be my entire life. And I was just like, I wanted a life. Mm -hmm. um, and so I had never planned to teach at all. I mean, I think I'm a natural teacher, but I had never planned to go into education. Yeah. My alma mater called me and they were like, hey, would you want to come teach for us? And I was like, no. Thank you. <laughs> and then I thought about it and I, I realized that if I did, then I would have the chance to um, have a life and I would also have the chance to make my lifelong dream of having a horse come true. I see. Uh, and so it was kind of like, well, this seems like the next step. It might not be perfect, but it is the next step. And, um, and so I started teaching and then I started kind of applying the concepts of communications to like what people needed at that time, which was like a website and to figure out social media for business and that kind of thing. And so I extrapolated like storytelling skills mm -hmm. into marketing skills. Interesting. Yeah. It's, that's how people get drawn in, right? It was a good story. Totally. I mean, that's like one of my, and you, you'll know this, right? As a podcaster, one of my professors said to me really early on, because I'm not a particularly techie person, and I was surrounded by a bunch of guys who were like extremely techie nerdy, 
Mm-hmm. And I was really intimidated by that because I was like, I don't know about any of this stuff, you know. And he said, Christine, like some of them had come to school with their own cameras, like fancy video cameras. And I had never picked one up. And I was like, mm-hmm. what am I doing here? Like, why am I, do I switch majors? And he said, the thing, the only thing that will never change is the ability to tell a good story. Like the technology is going to change. You know, the way that you do it is going to change. But if you can tell a good story, you'll be okay. And I was like, okay. (laughs) I got this. (laughs) I bet you've got some good stories. And it says that you've been a guest on over 100 podcasts. So obviously you've got something to talk about. Is that part of your personal marketing strategy to see if you can, you know, guest on this many shows? You know, it started out very organically. I was, I was doing guest posting at the time, like, and I'd had some success. Yeah. Like being on HuffPo and like Mm -hmm. Thrive Global and Medium and these other places. Today show parents and sharing about my journey because the, the reason that I got into this work is I went through a personal tragedy, Mm -hmm. uh, in early 2015, just over six years ago, I lost my first daughter in a full term stillbirth. Oh yeah. And so it was totally unexpected. It was like, Hey, we'd had the baby showers, car seats in the car. I went to a doctor appointment and they, her heartbeat was gone. And so I had to go deliver her Mm -hmm. and I like out of the ashes of my life, right? Mm -hmm. It's my life burned to the ground. Now out of, in that grief, in those ashes, I, found myself asking like, what can I do to create a legacy for her since she's not here to do it? And for me, because Mm -hmm. I, that was my moment, right? That was my moment of like, I know that I know, and I have always known that I was meant for huge things, that I was meant to have a big impact in this world. And you know what? I was playing it safe. The marketing business was, I was booked out on referrals. You know, it was fine. I was good at it. Mm-hmm. But then when that happened, when I lost Maeve, I, I said, you know what? I'm not scared anymore. Like, there's no more playing it safe. Like, <laughs> now I'm this girl with, you know, with, with a dead baby. How am I going to reinvent myself and, like, rise like a phoenix from the ashes? Mm-hmm. And so... That's when I hired my first coach to figure out what my zone of genius was and to build a business around it. Wow. And so, yeah. <laughs> and so to tie that into podcasting, how I got started in all of this, um, I, about nine months after I lost Maeve, I got pregnant with my now four and a half year old. And I was obviously high risk. And so I was monitored a lot. And somebody reached out to me like an acquaintance and said, Hey, would you be a guest on my podcast? And I was like, sure. I've been kind of intimidated to reach out to people, but because she invited me, I was like, well, that's easy. I'm just going to say yes. And I was at the time that it was scheduled. I was, I had actually been sent up to labor and delivery triage for additional monitoring. So I'm sitting in a hospital bed and instead of at home where I thought I would be. And I'm, eight months pregnant and they got me all hooked up, all the wires, everything's good, everything's fine. We're just gonna keep you here for a little while longer. 
And so I looked at the clock and I realized I had time and I really wanted to honor my commitment. And so I said to the nurse, like, can you just give me 20 minutes? Like you can watch me from the nurse's station. Everything is fine. Can you give me 20 minutes in the room by myself so that I can keep this commitment? And so uh, I did, and I did my first interview from a hospital bed all hooked up and it was fun. And so I thought, wow. Uh, this is really, really like, I love that conversation. It gave me energy and I, I feel like I was able to contribute something. And so I'm now going to make that, um, something that I proactively do. And mm-hmm. so that just kind of became like, wow, this is really fun for me. And then I looked up and I realized, Hey, I'd been on over a hundred and I'd gotten to connect with some of the coolest people like oh, you. Yeah. And it's so, <laughs> it was so fun. And so then people started asking me to like teach them how to do it because um, most people do it really wrong. <laughs> <laughs> and I kept hearing that I did it differently. So it's kind of, it's become a thing and that's how it became a thing. Now I'm nervous about all the things I'm doing wrong, but oh, <laughs> when, did, no wrong. <laughs> when did you start your own podcast? Mm, just over a year ago. So, okay. People told me for a long time that I should do one. And I was like, I'll do it when I feel ready. Thank you. This is my business. Okay. And I really wanted to figure out how to do it in a way that felt exciting and good for me. And not that felt like the pressure of a grind of like, oh no, I need to make another episode. Oh my gosh, where am I going to find people or whatever. Yeah. Like the questions that I had about how to make it fun. When I finally figured out how to do it on my own terms, and I was like, oh, yeah, this is going to be great. And I started it, and it's been great. I haven't had a chance to hear it yet. So what is the theme, and who is, um, I guess, are you doing interviews then? Yeah, um, it's a mix. Um, It's like a mix of um, solo shows, interviews, and uh, live coaching where you get to, like, learn. Mm -hmm. Um from the brave souls who decide to be coached live on a podcast. Uh, And it's called No One's Ever Asked Me That because that's Mm -hmm. kind of the hallmark of my uh, interview style is that I tend to ask people questions that they've never been asked before. And so I interview people on how they're making money from their own lives with passion. Do you end up working like 100% with entrepreneurs or do you work with corporate uh, managers or anything like that? Good question. So I tend to work with people who want to get out of corporate. Uh Um, So they might not have, uh, they might not know what it is that they want to do, but they know that like what, whatever job that they're in is not like fulfilling them to the point that they want to be fulfilled. Uh, When I saw the title of your podcast as no one has ever... (laughs) No one has ever asked me that. I was, you know, mine is called Yes, I Work From Home. And I was like, yeah. it's kind of a strange, like, word to start off. Yours makes more sense than mine does, actually. I think the reason I ended up with Yes, I Work From Home is, uh, you know, that's obviously a question that I've answered a lot. Mm. Um, or that is the answer to a question that I've been asked a lot is the better way to <laughs> put that. Yeah. Um, but obviously, like, all of the Yes, I, or no, all of the Work From Home, like, dot coms were taken and so I had to get a little bit unique. Um, what is the what is the website for your podcast? 
Um, my website is life with passion. So yeah. com. So it's on there and then it's everywhere that you can. Look okay. <laughs> you can go yeah. find it. Yes. Of course. Yes. Awesome. And how many episodes have you done? I think as of this recording, we're, it's very close to you actually. I think 40 is coming out today. 40 is coming okay. out today. Awesome. Yeah. 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 I've been trying to hit two a week. But okay. then there have been a few gaps. Uh, there was a time when I didn't have uh, a guest lined up. Actually, I had a guest lined up, and then that fell through. Mm. And I was going to just record a solo episode, but I didn't. <laughs> and so I've had a few gaps. But hanging, um, sticking to that uh, schedule can be a little bit tricky. With you, I'm starting to record one or two weeks in advance, which mm. is, you know, gives me that breathing room, which I really like. I love that. I want to talk a little bit about your personal journey as far as working from home like what was it like for you to actually start working from home literally like Mm -hmm. your office your setup this was before or after you had your this was before you had your your son you said uh my daughter yeah I've I've had Mm -hmm. three girls now one in heaven two two running around upstairs you may hear okay. the thing in the screen <laughs> four okay. and a half and almost two now oh wow yep okay yep. yep so long before any of them uh i my first work from home was in a dark bachelor patty house <laughs> that my husband had lived in before we got married and I it I think it was built in the 70s from the feel of it and there was a it's a small kitchen and like a cut through with like old old school um dark wood bar piece overhead with the glasses hanging down Uh uh-huh cut through into the dark living room and a bar stool and my husband's extra laptop that okay. is a PC and I've only ever used Macs because that's what you use in media. Yeah. And uh, it was very slow and very old, which is why it was the extra. Excruciating. And excruciating. <laughs> and I would sit, I sat there by myself, you know, in this like very dark house and waited for things to load. So I could send emails and was just in that house all day by myself. (laughs) How did that feel though? Was it, was it, uh, exciting that you were like, I can do this on my own or was it isolating for you? Yeah. Good question. It was both. Um, so I had also moved cities. Um, Mm -hmm. we had dated like an hour and a half long distance. Uh, Mm -hmm. and so I, when I moved here, I knew no one mm-hmm. except for him. And of course, he, he had lived here his whole life. And so he had this network of people. Everybody. And was we were just had a huge adjustment to being uh, late, late 20s, early 30s when we got married, going from mm-hmm. single, doing our own thing, whenever we wanted to figuring out how to be mm-hmm. partners. And so he wanted to go do his own thing, you know, understandably. And I was like, eh. so... So socially very isolated at the same time, because I had left my whole network, at the same time, I was really excited to get to be living my dream, right? And also felt a lot of pressure 
at that time because I was of the mindset that like I had to prove if I was going to show everybody that I was smart, I would prove that by like figuring out everything on my own and for free instead of like asking for help. And so I, uh, I was putting so much pressure on myself to make the money because we had like combined student loan debt equivalent to like our entire previous salaries combined. And so it wasn't an option of like, oh, now I'm married. Now my husband's going to cover us. Oh, no. Like, I had to make it work, right? So Mm -hmm. there was a, uh, and I had quit without like, without runway, like, because that's just where I I was financially. So I wasn't like, oh, yeah, I'm sitting on a bunch of savings over here. I can pay myself. It was like, you must make this work. And Mm -hmm. at the time that worked for me because I did figure it out. And mm-hmm. I was able to, you know, start paying myself immediately. And so I, I am getting like a pit of anxiety in my stomach just like thinking about that now because... Remembering. Yes. I've grown so much that like that is not the way that I roll anymore. Mm-hmm. And it was at the time. So that's what worked for me at the time. And I made it work. What advice would you give to that former self of yourself? <laughs> Oh gosh, you know, one of the one of the biggest shifts for me was when my very first coach was like, "Hey, we invest so much in ourselves. Like, how much did you invest in school? How much did you borrow?" And like, now you are treating yourself like you should have all of the answers and you're not ever going to learn from someone again. Um why? because you spent, invested six figures to get you into a job that you hated. Like, how? what if you spent a fraction of that to help you create a business that you love and learn from someone who's done it because it, it collapses the timeline, right? Mm. And it speeds up the results. And so, like, I know that if I had allowed myself to get, like, someone who would hold my hand and kick my butt and show me the way uh, sooner, I would not have spent five years in a grueling, toxic environment, feeling like depressed, anxious, despairing, even like hopeless, right? Like Mm -hmm. wishing I would get in a car accident so that I could just have a few days off of work. And, um, yeah, so I would say, hey, get your get your head on straight. Let's make this mindset shift and let's allow ourselves to be supported by somebody who's been there, done it, and like is really going to hold you accountable. Mm-hmm. So having a coach was really important. And you would say to someone starting out, having a coach to help lead you, and even if it costs some money, is going to pay off. Yeah. Um, yeah, and honestly, like that's like – it's not like a sales pitch. It's like, this is why I have dedicated my life to this work because of the power of what it has done in my life. Mm-hmm. And, um, and because I know that like we value what we pay for, right? So I had free mentors who were wonderful people and I didn't really like always follow through yeah. on what they told me to do because I didn't have... I wasn't investing in my belief in myself. I didn't have like skin in the game of my own life. 
mm-hmm. you know? And so now I'm in a $30,000 mastermind. How do you think I show up for that? That's as much as I made in my first job. Right. Like, yeah. I show up for those calls. I ask questions. <laughs> I do what they say. But, you know, I have a friend who gave me access to his $30,000 uh, uh, training library for free just because we're friends and we help each other out. I don't really pay attention to that because I haven't paid for it. It's just weird mm. human nature, right? Yeah. We value what we pay for. Can you talk a little bit about what you would also suggest to your former self um, regarding your setup, that bar stool? Would it have been worth it to get a desk mm. or a chair? Or would you say just do the hustle until you can get to the point where you're making money first? Now, the person I am now, I would say, like, treat yourself, uh-huh. right? Uh, at the time, I had a very strong belief that, like, when I buy my laptop, when I buy my chair, it will be because I had earned it in my business, right? Yeah. Like, it felt yep. like a rite of passage at the time. Mm-hmm. Now, like, I know the importance of environment for me. Uh, mm-hmm. Like, yesterday I was... Uh, feeling some resistance to doing like the last few steps for my taxes. Okay. And so I took myself to a coffee shop, you know, put on some music, like got myself a a big tea latte and made myself, told one of my coaches, hey, I'm going to go do this, made myself accountable and I knocked Mm -hmm. it out and I've been thinking about it for months, you know? So, so it's like, I know that for me, like, environment's super important. So now, like, I have a, an electric standing desk that goes up and down so that I can manage, like, my energy during the day. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I have a background that I like to look at because I'm on camera mm-hmm. a lot of the time. Mm-hmm. And um, and a setup that's, like, that's kind of, like, who I want to be growing into, right, as a founder. Okay. And yeah. it's... It's also taken me, you know, 11 years to get here, and that's okay. <laughs> yeah. I always see all these pictures of all these fancy offices and, like, the beautiful, huge mahogany desks or mm-hmm. whatever, you mm-hmm. know, people do. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, I'm in a closet. Mm-hmm. Uh, but that's where we are right now. I used to have a desk in another room, but we've given that room to my son mm-hmm. because um, we have three kids and... The girls are sharing a bedroom, Mm -hmm. Uh, but, you know, they're getting older and it's nice to have their own space. Mm -hmm. Uh, So I I feel like there's certain things like I would prioritize the standing desk over the backdrop. Um, Actually, I've been like literally shopping for one this week. Mm. I'm to the point where I'm like, I got to have one. The one that I have right now could technically be standing, but it's like a manual thing. Yes. I would have to manually lift up the things. Yes. I saw one the other day, then it was like a crank, and I was like, oh, no, <laughs> I'm oh. not going to do that again. Like, you know, I want actually one that can, you yep. know, go up and down. Like, my husband just got, like, the preset things. You just push number one or two yep. or three, and it goes to the different heights. So I'm ready for that. Yeah. How about your chair? I feel like a lot of these female entrepreneurs are really, like, looking for that aesthetic. Mm-hmm. And I interviewed someone a few episodes ago, and I was like, so what about that chair of yours? You know, because it looks really... Yeah. And she's like, it's my pretty chair. But then she's like, I I want it to, if I start to feel uncomfortable, then I know it's time to get up. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I was like, mm-hmm. okay, that's fair. That's a smart idea because I don't get up enough. How yeah. about you? Yeah. Tell me about your chair. 
Yeah, so I have a, like, it's a gray tufted. I looked a long time for it because I wanted a mix, right, of comfort and uh, of of style. And for a long yeah. time, I sat in, like, a plain mm, kitchen, like, uh, uh, garage sale chair. Uh-huh. And it was super uncomfortable, uh, but that was what I felt worthy of at the time. And... I'm actually thinking about finding and inflating an exercise ball that we have rolling around here somewhere because yeah. I feel like when I sit, then that could be cool, like to be able to move my back. Um, and yeah, and now that I have a standing desk, it's like, well, this one gets rolled out of the way when I'm standing, regardless. So, mm-hmm. but I like it, and it's a spinny chair. So when my girls come down to like help mom work, they can play in it, and you know, mm-hmm. it's yeah. Do you have any other places in your home now that you are you in the same home that you were originally in no, when you started um, working from home? No, we moved. We've moved twice. Okay. What about um, extra workspaces? Like, are you in like a contained office with a door that can close, or are you yeah. in the middle of like living room area? Good question. I'm in. I'm in our basement. I'm in my basement. This is like. When I saw this house, I was like, this is going to be my office. Like, before I thought about anything else in the house. The big room. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, it is It is open. It's a, it's a huge room uh, in the basement. And I've thought about putting, uh, like, double barn doors to separate it from kind of what, what is the din on the okay. other half of the basement. Tons of natural light. Uh, and... Largely, it's my own. It's my own space. Like it is mm-hmm. just the office. Uh, so, for the most part, if I am occasionally on the rare occasion that I am in the house without children, mm-hmm. I might go sit up at the kitchen table uh, and look look out over the the backyard for a for a change of scenery or if I'm yeah. you know when make some tea or have lunch or whatever that's my other workspace I have little kids too so you said it's four and a half and then your baby is tell me almost one more time. two yeah yeah those are loud those are loud ages so loud <laughs> you feel me and like I get it like the closet right this is uh-huh. now that you mention it I have never had a workspace where I could close the door. Oh, yeah. Ever. <laughs> but you you physically leave this. You go upstairs. Like, you're not... Do you spend much time in the den or not so much? No. No. Not too much. It's darker. And I'm such a natural light person. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I, I guess there is a door that you can close down into the basement, right? Like, so the, the at the bottom of the oh, stairs? Yes. Uh in the previous house, my husband had the the spare bedroom as an office, and I worked mm-hmm. at the kitchen table. And so oh, wow. it was like, kitchen table, you know, so I'm looking around at dishes, and I'm looking around at, you know, thinking about dinner, and like, and looking at the TV, and you know, <laughs> all yeah. it was all one open room. <laughs> yeah. That's something that I've kind of had as a recurring theme on here is like, the people who are in the kitchen that's the biggest thing is they feel distracted. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And I know that for some people that is literally the only space they have to work from. And mm-hmm. they're just so thankful they get to work from home or, mm-hmm. you know, they need to be able to oversee their kids who are, you know, yep. it depends on the nature of your work. Like if yep. you are, 
not going to be on a phone call or doing a video, you yep. know, all day long. And the nature of your work is one that you can concentrate with, you know, whatever your tasks are. But so many people I hear again and again saying, if I could just close the door, that would make all the difference. Mm -hmm. Or mm -hmm. for you, you can physically leave that space at the end of the day and call it a day. Yeah. 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 And that's something that I really, really struggled with for a long time because I love my work so much mm -hmm. that I could do it all the time. Like I really yeah. could and be totally yeah. happy. And now my life requires me to be present for mm -hmm. other things and other people. Right. And it sounds so, like you really yeah. try, try to help people learn more about that balance. You said, I don't know, when you were yeah. talking earlier about helping people find their passion yeah. um, and to have that freedom, was it more in the way of, you know, freedom from working in the confines of a corporation or freedom of time and space? Both. So everybody's definition of freedom is like different, right? And we know this, like, what do you want to do with your time, right? Like the one thing I think that I probably runs across everybody that I work with is like freedom to travel and not have to request time off and stuff like that, right? And work from anywhere, right? Mm -hmm. um, you know, there are a lot of my clients who are like, hey, I want to work 10 hours a week. And they do. And they have successful businesses doing that. And I also, I personally like working more than 10 hours a week because my work gives me energy for the rest of my life. Like, you know, gives me energy to go run the household and be with the kids and all of the other things. And so, um, so I like to work more and that may change at some point. And for now, like I, the work that I do gives me energy. So I like to do a lot of it. Good. Uh, curious, uh, are you boarding your own horses on your property or are they elsewhere? Um, so I board, I board at a barn about 10 minutes away. Mm -hmm. I, uh, I took care for years. I took care of my horse and, uh, the farm owners horses. And I always thought that I would want land. And then mm -hmm. after a particularly brutal winter, like chipping ice off of buckets and trying to hold, you know, automatic waters down so the horses could drink in between them freezing and oh. hauling hay at like heavily pregnant and having to park a car at the bottom of the drive, trek up to get an ATV so that we could take care of these animals who are dependent on us. I was like, I think I'm just going to pay other people to do it. <laughs> I'll let someone else handle this. Yeah. This is not like this is not what I want to be doing. Are there other things that you pay other people to help you with, uh, to give you that work-life balance that you need? Yeah. So, um, my kids have been home, uh, since March, last yeah. March. Yeah. And I had literally had one day of what I thought for me was the perfect childcare situation. One day with both kids in. Uh, when everything closed. And it was so hard for my four-year-old to to lose lose her school that I decided, like, I am not putting her back in until I'm confident things are going to stay open. Yeah. And so my husband came to me a couple months later with the harebrained idea of uh, getting an au pair. Yeah. 
Oh, and cool. I was super resistant to it. And mm-hmm. then we, we met one and fell in love in mm-hmm. last June. Because of politics, it took another six months for her to get here. Right. Uh, and in January, she arrived. And so she's been with us for whatever that is, February, March, April, four months now. And oh, uh, and so she's she she lives with us. She takes care of the girls while we're working. She's part of the family. And mm-hmm. uh, she's teaching us all better Spanish. Mm-hmm. And... Um, and uh, my daughter will start uh, kindergarten in the fall, mm-hmm. so uh, so um, we're gonna do Montessori. So mm-hmm. that that is something that my what what I make in my business will be will be paying for that. Um, and then I have team members too. Um, like part of the reason I've been able to work part time in this business and go through all all the pregnancies and all the nursings and all the raising yep. the kids and all of that is because yep. I have people who do some of the back end stuff for me. Mm-hmm. Um and so yeah, I'm super grateful to have people um multiple people who um contract for me and are part of my team. Are they helping you with like your social media marketing or like your podcast editing or what are they helping all you with? All the things. All the yeah. things. So a lot of, uh, I create all my own content. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, things like getting people into my, welcoming people into my free Facebook group, right? Mm-hmm. Um, formatting my emails and sending them out. Um, uh, archiving things. Um, researching things for me that I have, I have a question about. Um, kind of doing like, assistant type stuff, right? Mm-hmm. In addition to, yeah, editing my podcast, um, doing a little bit of graphic design. Uh, <laughs> this is a really silly one. Adding emojis to my posts because I want them to have emojis and I don't want to sit there and do it. <laughs> nice. Uh, going back to your old pair, does she also help you with any of the household tasks? She's helping with the kids and she's yeah. getting her room and board. Yeah. And she's helping learn, uh, help you all learn more Spanish. Mm-hmm. What about like dishes and sweeping and things like yeah. that? Yeah. So it's a federally regulated program here in the U.S. Uh, it's mm-hmm. highly, highly regulated. So, okay. Uh, so she can, uh, she can do those things for the girls. She okay. can cook for yeah. the girls. She can uh, clean up after the girls. Etc. Mm-hmm. And none of that for for the adults. Got it. So that it really becomes, you know, she the role is like a big sister, right? Yeah. So she plays with them, takes care of them, makes sure that they have food and you know mm-hmm. a, a clean clean place to play and live. And then the grown ups, we take care of ourselves. Yeah, I love that. So that yeah. it's not like turning into this like unintentional maid situation. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. I did an episode a few episodes ago talking about how we've had like part-time helpers in their home as far as like I was working a shift that was basically preventing me from bringing my own children to school in the mornings. Mm -hmm. And, but there's Mm -hmm. always that communication of like, yeah, if you can help us with the things that will, you know, obviously related to the kids, helping them fold their clothes and put them away. If you want to do anything else, that's, you know, 
always appreciated, but I could see that that could become something that could be really abused by some people. And I appreciate yeah. that they have those guidelines in place. Totally. And then totally. I'm assuming she has like a free day every weekend or something like that. Yeah. Too. She's, she's free all weekend. She's free in the evening. She's, she's, she just went to the Kentucky Derby with a friend of hers on Saturday. Like she is yeah? really, yeah, she is uh, getting to experience, you know, uh, like this is a, it's a cultural exchange program. So Yep. Our goal is to help her. I felt like a, a mom. I, I would have been a very young mom. She's 26. I'm 39. But regardless, <laughs> biologically possible, I took her to the mall on Friday night. I had the idea on Friday. We looked it up. There were tickets still available. So, we, And the Derby was Saturday. And this is, you know, our entire city, like, revolves around the Derby for a month. Oh, yes. Because it's such a big deal, right? And so I took her to the mall. I let her borrow the dress that I, my rehearsal dinner dress, which fit her. And mm -hmm. I has like, it's very springy derby. And we went to the mall and we found a derby hat because you have to have a hat if you're going to go to the derby and heels and a, a purse and even a matching mask. And yeah. then, you know, took all, she took all the pictures and it, it was like we were sending our daughter off to prom or something, right? <laughs> and it was just, Dang. it was just cool to be able to go like, this is a once in a lifetime opportunity. I went once, it was a once in a lifetime for me and now able to share that with, with her. So. Is it expensive to attend? If like, you want Why do you seat. only go one time? Okay. If you want a seat, yes. Um, but there's, there is, it's hundreds of dollars. But there, there is an infield uh, inside the track where mm. you, you still have access to, like, see the horses before and see the red carpet and, like, be in the vicinity all day. You just don't have a, you don't have a seat in the grandstand. Uh, can you so see the race? You can hear it and you can see it on the monitors. Okay. <laughs> yep. I'm here. Yeah, I'm here. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. All right, I know that you have to head off to your next meeting in a few minutes. So I wanna give you a little bit of space to just talk about what you're really passionate about, if there's anything that we've left, um, a gap that we haven't filled yet. And then also just how people can contact you if they wanted to talk with you about uh, what you do or possibly working with you. Yeah, thank you so much. I mean, I think, I think you and I share a passion, which is why I'm so grateful to you for inviting me to have this conversation because having the ability to, to especially right now, figure out how to work from home in a way that, that works for you and serves your life, right? Like I tell my kids, you, you, you really haven't known consciously any other thing than us both, my husband and I both working from home. Mm -hmm. And like, it's a really big deal. That's not how I grew up. That's not how most people grow up with like, they're somebody up hanging out with them, checking with them, playing with them, mm -hmm. spending quality time with them just about every hour of the day, you know, mm -hmm. and being able to have that interaction and uh, have a pulse on how they're doing and mm -hmm. co-create what... What are we going to do today based on moods, right? Mm -hmm. And it's it's something that I'm super grateful for. And now the world has proven that it can do it. Yeah. Because, oh, no, we can't do it until we had to. And then we did, right? Mm -hmm. And so this has always, this has been my reality for over a decade. And, mm -hmm. like, 
I'm so grateful that now more people are seeing that it's possible for them. Yeah. More people, this is such a cool time to be alive and to take like step into the possibilities that the internet and these things have created for us that our brains, our DNA, we just haven't caught up yet to like the amazing expansive potential that we can reach billions of people for free, right? With our work and with our mission. And so I'm just, I mean, I'm, I'm grateful to be here. I'm grateful that we, we get to have this conversation and that we get to help more people see the possibilities. So thank you. Yeah, I love that. And you just mentioned that your husband also works from home, which I had it caught on to earlier. Yeah. So you obviously led the way in that. When did he come yeah. home? We, he's been in and out, but we moved to uh, an hour and a half away in 2013, maybe because we had two houses when we got married. It was 2010 when we got married. My house wasn't selling. We couldn't afford to take a loss on it, reasons previously mentioned. And so we rented it. Mm -hmm. And then there came a point when it was like, hey, if we could make a case to his boss for us moving, he could potentially work remotely. Oh. So we, we put both our houses on the market and we were like, let's just, this landlord thing isn't working out. Let's see which one sells first. His sold in like two weeks. So we were like, I guess we're moving. Okay. So it was kind of like a, he just went to him and said, look, this is what we have to do. And mm -hmm. we, we did that for a couple of years. And then he was like, you know what? I have to be seen. I have to be in the office if I want to continue to grow with this company. Yeah. And so that's when we sold that house and moved back to Louisville and bought this house. And it's been in and out ever since until, until the pandemic. Right. So uh, does he prefer to have, I, I think one of the last interviews I just did, you talked about the hybrid model. He's like, yeah. I've got a home office and I've got an onsite office and I am there a couple of days a week and I'm home yeah. a couple of days a week. Yeah. Yeah. I, he does. I think that would be the preference in an ideal world uh, mm -hmm. because of the interaction with coworkers and just a change of scenery. You know, it's like me with a coffee shop. Like I go yeah. out and be happy as a clam in, with a couple hours and I'm by myself in the car for a little while and that's amazing, you know, and I yep. come back refreshed. Um, so, so I think that, I think that there will be that option in the future. Uh, and it'll be interesting. I mean, depends on what his other coworkers decide too as well. Yeah. Uh, absolutely. Hey, how can people find you for sure? Yeah, thank you. My website's lifewithpassion.com. Uh, you can find the podcast there. Uh, and I'm, I also hang out a lot on Facebook. I have a free Facebook group that I'm super active in. So you can search for me and, uh, and there's a link to my group on my profile. Come say hi. And that's Christine McAllister. Yes. All right. Well, thank you so much. I uh, appreciate this uh, time. I'm going to go ahead and and say goodbye. Any last thoughts before we head out? Mm. I would say, like, if working from home is your dream, know that, like, you always have a choice. Like, you're yeah. here. You're alive. Like, there's so there's possibility in front of you. So if you're a high-achieving, sensitive person who wants to <laughs> find freedom, go ahead and find Christine. All right. Mm, thank you so much, April. Yes. All right. This has been April Malone with, with Christine McAllister and Yes, I Work From Home, and we'll see you next time. Bye. Goodbye. Bye.